0: This is section 96 of Mark Twain, The Complete Interviews. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Interview number 96. Mark Twain in Hobart. Some Impressions and an Interview. Mercury, Hobart, November 4th, 1895, page 4. Mark Twain, with his pilot cap, his bushy white hair, his cigar, is very much like his photographs those photographs have had such frequent publication of late that i need enter on no other description when i asked him if he would talk with me for a few moments he looked whimsical and said well i've nothing to say but if it's of use to you i'm quite willing to say it and he led the way we were on the deck of the Mararoa to a vacant seat apart from the crowd, where for a time, with the strong, invigorating breeze stirring the masses of his hair, he sat in companionable silence, gazing on the kaleidoscopic panorama of Mount Wellington. "'You're really leaving Australia for a time today, Mr. Clemens,' I said at length. "'Are you sorry?' "'Yes,' he said slowly. "'I didn't come—' To stay but i'm sorry downright sorry in this australian trip the change to me has been delightful i've met a good many people and they've all been hearty and friendly the same thing applies to my audiences who have all along welcomed me in a fashion which is exceedingly pleasant to a stranger all my impressions of the country and of the people are of a pleasant sort for the reason that it is the human element that makes a country beautiful or otherwise all this now and he indicated mount wellington and its environment all this is very beautiful but it seems to me that this could not be beautiful of itself scenery by itself is all very well but the weather can damage scenery you must have the pleasant human element to counteract the effects of climate and circumstance any country is pleasant if the people are pleasant any country is beautiful if the people receive you kindly there'd be no perceptible beauty to a lone man in a tropical sunset if there were irreconcilable cannibals in the foreground there is no scenery in the world that could be beautiful in the circumstances the idea that scenery is beautiful of itself is mere nonsense in one way or the other it is it must be modified by the human element with the memory of certain artistic discussions hot at heart it seemed to me that we were getting into devious ways so i changed the subject now you are an american mr clemens he bowed i have heard it said that the people of australia and particularly of victoria are not unlike your own people can you express an opinion on the point considered as a british offshoot would you regard the people of australia as developing traits of character and manner differing from those of the insular english and approximating more closely to those that obtain among the citizens of the states unquestionably one notices that at once in speech and manner you australians have a sort of frank and friendly way that lacks something of the english reserve they differ as you suggest from the english people in england and just in proportion they develop a certain similarity to the people of the united states that is so You've seen something of the press in Australia. Now, will you wait? Let me anticipate you. I'm not sure that I'm prepared to follow the line of your questioning. I've seen your newspapers, as you say. The Bulletin, I'm told, is the most typical paper of the purely Australian type well, I think that paper is very brightly written. The men who make the pictures in it have excellent talent. But to go into anything like criticism of your newspapers, well, I can't do it. Criticism from me could be of no value, unless I sat down to my table and put my mind to it. To criticize, I must go to work, and go to work right, seeing the end I want to see. It's an offence to people or things to criticize them without due reflection. The fact that it is a common offence does not warrant me in committing it." There was another silence here. Mark Twain is eminently companionable. Presently he began, inconsequently, ah those maps what erroneous ideas they give one before i came over on this tour i'd seen australia and new zealand on the maps glancing at the maps i had an idea that there was probably a small ferry-boat running eighteen or twenty times a day between melbourne and new zealand when i came to inquire about the name of the ferry-boat it was taken as the remark of an ignorant person that's the trouble with maps they get a lot of stuff into a small space and give one an inadequate idea of distance there was an old lady ran out of a gate to me once in bermuda came bounding out of the gate, and said, "'That's your ship that's lying in the offing there? "'An American ship? "'You belong in America?' "'Yes,' I said, "'I belong in America.' "'Ah,' she said, "'I've got a nephew there, "'a journeyman carpenter, "'and he works down in the lower part of New York City.' his name's j m white perhaps you've met him and she wanted me to hunt him up now that looks silly but coming from a person who's only looked at a map it was perfectly natural you're going to india mr clemens been there before never but i have received the pleasantest kind of letters from people connected with the civil and military administrations in india for years past i shall find people in india whom i have not previously met but who are still my friends as you do everywhere well yes as i do everywhere since you are kind enough to put it so a book why on such a trip as this one could write a library of books if i do subsequently write a book it will be an incident consequent on the tour rather than any attempt at dealing fully with the tour itself of course on a lecturing tour one has to combine business with pleasure and I can't say that they harmonize very well. Then I have had a succession of carbuncles, have one just about spent on my leg now, and they keep me rather lame. The only good times I have had, times, that is to say, when I have been entirely free from pain, have been on the platform talking to my audiences at such a time one's mind is fully occupied and one has not attention to waste on pain yes i naturally look forward to my visit to the east with anticipation more than ordinarily pleasurable although i've only heard positively of one asiatic who took what i may call a literary interest in me he was a chinaman and a friend of mine who was american consul at singapore recommended him to read my new pilgrim's progress venturing to praise the book as interesting and funny the chinaman got a book written in his own language and illustrated with quaintly forcible woodcuts of fights with apollyon christian's experiences in the valley of the shadow of death and that sort of thing it was the original pilgrim's progress published some time ahead of mine and differing a little in tone and treatment the chinaman read it and seeking my friend the consul one cannot account for the literary tastes of the chinese protested in a pained manner as one who would deprecate a practical joke that there was not a funny idea in the book from one end to the other the consul but at this moment mr clemens was appropriated by a local gentleman with fossils to exhibit and after a brief leave-taking, I saw him no more. End of interview number ninety-six. Read by John Greenman.